Come on and give him praise, church. Come on and give him praise. He's worthy of our praise. You say, what's happening? What's happening? I, I believe, I believe revival is already moving. I believe revival is already moving. Hey, listen, we're praying, we're praying and preparing for the rain. We're asking God to send the rain. Send the rain. You know, before it ever rains, it sprinkles a little bit. And you say, what do you do? I, th- I think it's sprinkling a little bit. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles with me and turn real quickly. We'll read one verse and I'll let you sit down. Hosea, Hosea chapter number 10. We're going to use that as a springboard. And then I want you to stick your finger over there in 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. Just find Hosea first and then then we'll flip over there to 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. I, I thank God that he is real. He's not a figment of somebody's imagination. He is, he is real. His presence is real. I feel him in this house. I've been praying today, this early this morning and, and, and this week, that God would manifest himself. I don't want to go to church when he ain't there. Listen, I don't want to go just have a, a, a religious meeting. I don't, I don't want to go and just, just practice or play church. I, I want to go meet with him. That's why we're here is to meet with him. That's why David said he'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked because he wanted to meet with him. He wanted to be in his presence, and I'm glad he's in this place today. If you're here for the very first time and, and you filled out one of those prayer cards, we are so glad that you're here. I mean, it is a, we've been praying for you that you would be here. And if you filled out one of those prayer cards, can you hold it up real high and we're going we're gonna to kind of collect them real quick. Any, any, any first-time attendees that we have right here in the middle? All right, go ahead. We'll collect them right there in the middle. Uh, uh, church, let's give them a hand for being with us today. Amen? Amen. Isn't the Lord good? All the time. Let's read Hosea chapter number 10 and verse number 12. Have you found your spot? Amen. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's time. It's time. It's it's time to seek the Lord. Till he does what? Till he comes and rain righteousness upon you. This is, this is a, a farm talk. This is, this is farmer uh, vernacular. And he's using uh, the agricultural sense here, if you will, to kind of prove a point and try to help you understand something. Uh, there's times there's the, that we need to do something. I, 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 love, I love a mater sandwich. How about y'all? How many of y'all love fried, fried okra? I'm not allowed to have it anymore, but it was precious memories. Amen. I love fried okra, and I love a tomato sandwich. I, I, I love corn on the cob and sweet corn. Have mercy right there. Amen. I love all of that stuff, and I love that part of it. But do you know there's a lot of work goes into what makes it happen before we can ever do any plucking. We've got to do some plowing. Are you all with me? And before we ever can do any planting, we got to do some plowing. There's work that needs to be done to get to where we want to go. And, and I know next week is a revival. And I know next week we're praying that God would send the rain. And next week we're praying that God would manifest His presence in a mighty way. And that God would bring real heaven-sent revival. But there's work that needs to be done this week. This whole day 
This whole message, this, this whole week is about preparing for the rain. We are all going to prepare for the rain. Say it with me. We are preparing for the rain. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for all that you've done and what we know you're going to do in this service. God, I thank you for the sweet Holy Ghost It's already here. Lord, I thank you for being in a place where we can feel your holy presence. And I pray that you'll anoint this word. Lord, don't let me get in the way. Lord, let me decrease so you can increase. Lord, let me be a mouthpiece for your glory. And I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Mr. Bridges? Revelation chapter 3 says, We serve a God that opens doors that no one can shut, and he shuts doors that no one can open. He says, Behold, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have a little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Coach Taylor, the Lord is not through with you yet. You still have an open door here. And until the Lord moves you, you're to bloom right where you're planted. I just felt led to come and tell you that today. Mr. Bridges. You believe God told you to come tell me that? I do. I admit to you I have been struggling. But I've also been praying. I just don't see him at work here. Grant, I heard a story about two farmers who desperately needed rain. And both of them prayed for rain. But only one of them went out and prepared his fields to receive it. Which one do you think trusted God to send the rain? Well, the one who prepared his fields for it. Which one are you? God will send the rain when he's ready. You need to prepare your field to receive it. How many of y'all believe that to be true? Listen, here's the, here's the thing. God wants revival more than we want it. He wants to send the rain more than we realize and understand that we need it. So this week, today, this service, this message now, is I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to get right to the point, all right? There's not going to be any fancy poems or any, any, any deal. It's just going to be what we need to do to get ready for the rain. How many of y'all know our country is in desperate need of a touch of God? How many of y'all got family members that are lost that need to be saved? Raise your hand. How many of y'all got problems and issues in your life that, that only God can fix and only God can touch and you really need to see a move of God in your life? Listen, God will send the rain to people who are ready for it. Now this week, I, I, if you looked when you came in the door, uh, if you wasn't paying attention, you might not have seen it, but if you've seen it, there's a table in the foyer in the front and there's a table in the foyer in the back. And on those tables, there is a revival guidebook. Revival guy, you said, Preacher, I ain't never had no guidebook for no revival. First time for everything. Say amen. I've never wrote one for revival, so we're all in good shape. Amen. 
We're all in this thing together. I told you, I've never done anything like this, but I wanted to make it overly simple, overly easy. I I didn't want nobody to have any excuse whatsoever not to experience revival because I believe revival does not happen by accident. I don't believe revival can be manufactured. I don't believe revival can be made man or man-made. It cannot be prompted and it cannot be worked up by man. But I believe with all of my heart, real revival comes to people that are wanting it, people that are prepared for it. Say amen. And in this book, you'll find in the very beginning, you'll find a letter from me and why we're doing what we're doing, a guidebook instruction. And then on that that third page, you'll find the first uh, devotion for tomorrow morning or tomorrow day whenever you do your devotion. You say, preacher, I don't do devotions. It's a good time to start. Amen. Every day, I've given you a scripture reading. I've given you a little devotion that goes with it and a prayer that's there to help us get ready. And they are not just thrown together. These were specific devotions that we put together to prepare our heart for the rain. I want God to send the rain. I desperately want to see God move in our church. How you say, preacher, is there problems in our church? No. Is there issues in our church? No. Uh, But I want God to do something so real. This church is exciting. This church is growing. This church is wonderful to me. But I'm telling you, I want more of God. I want more of God's presence. I want more of God's power. I want these walls to burst open with the glory of God so this community can see that there, not that temple's great, not that temple's good, but that there is a real God. God in a real heaven with real powers that can solve real problems. Give him praise. Now, how do we do that? How do we prepare? Listen, if we want, if we want the blessings in the harvest, if we want the blessings in the harvest, then let's prepare the field today. What do we do? I've been, man, I Googled stuff. I looked in my Bible. I looked in through through workbooks. I I I I I, I talked to to preacher friends of mine. I read old sermons and and and, and I said, well, Lord, uh, what 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 do we need to do to prepare our heart? I mean, what steps do we need to take? And you know what? It's amazing. Everything you need is in the book. Say Amen. And he said, I, I've already written all that out. Just go over there and look. So I did. I went back to Second Chronicles chapter number seven. And in 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, uh, this is an answer, this is a prayer answer to Solomon's prayer that he prayed when he was dedicating the temple. You see, Solomon knew our tendency to stray. He knew our tendency to walk away from God. He knew our tendency to backslide. And he said, Lord, if we ever mess up, if we ever backslide, if you ever have to get our attention, and by the way, he will. He said, if you ever have to do that, Lord, if we'll just pray, if we'll we'll get right with you and we'll pray and we'll seek your face, will you please answer our prayer? That's what he was praying. Well, this that we're about to read, this was God's answer to Solomon's prayer. Are y'all with me? 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, verse number 12. This is what God told back to Solomon. He said, and the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, amen, and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Now remember, this is talking about economic problems because everything was agriculture in that day. In other words, if I mess with your pocketbook, if I shut heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, that's sickness and disease. If 
my people, which are called by my name. How many of y'all are his people? Then you qualify. They shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. What does that tell me? That tells me this. The hope for America is not in the White House. The hope for America is not in the Senate. The hope for America is not in the State House. The hope for America is in the Church House. God's eye is not on the White House. God's eye is not on the State House. But God's eye is on the Church House. God's ear is open to those, God's people, who will call on Him, who will seek His face. He's wanting, He's looking. Are we going to pray? Say amen. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. God gave us specific steps. Just like a farmer will take specific things and and, uh, specific steps that he will take in order to get the harvest that he's looking for. He's got to plow the ground. He's got to get it ready. He's got to break it up. He's got to sow the seed. He's got to fertilize the seed. Now here we, we can do all of that stuff. Now what do we do here? How many of y'all are looking for the rain? How many of y'all are wanting revival? Come on, get with me. Look what look look here. G. Campbell Morgan said this. G. Campbell Morgan said this. We cannot organize revival, but we can set our sails to catch the wind from heaven when God chooses to blow upon his people once again. What does that mean? We can't bring the rain, but we can plow. We can't make it rain, but we can plant. We can't, are y'all with me? We can't bring the rain, but we can fertilize. There are things that we can do, and he gave us them in verse number 14. You said, preacher, what do we need to do? Now, this is not alliterated. Uh, You just have to take it like it is because this is the way God gave it, and I'm going to give it to you just like he gave it to us in his word. What is the first step? What is the first thing that needs to take place in the church house? What is the first thing that needs to happen among God's people if we expect to feel the rains of revival? What do we got to do? The Bible said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble them. See, we don't even like to say the word. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. You know what? The Bible says, the Bible says in in Isaiah 57, uh, 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. First Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 6 says this. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I was thinking about this word, so I looked it up in in Webster's Dictionary. And and Webster's Dictionary says the word humble. In other words, if I'm going to humble myself or if I humble somebody else, uh, it means to destroy the power of, to destroy the prestige of, to destroy that. Now, this is the one that got me. This is the one that got me. To destroy the independence of. You may tell you what's wrong with the church in America. They don't need God anymore. 
What's wrong with Christians in America is because we've become so self-sufficient and so independent that we don't need God anymore. America has thumbed their nose at God and said, we don't need you. But I happen to remember at the anniversary of 9-11, I happen to remember right after that took place, there was billboards going up all across our country. America, pray. America, pray. They were putting up yellow ribbons everywhere saying, pray for America. Pray for our country. I'm telling you, God is getting our attention, and we need to realize that we're not independent of God. We desperately need God in heaven. If we don't humble ourselves, if we don't realize our desperate condition, if we don't realize that we need God in a desperate way, we're in a mess. So how do you know? How do you know the American church or the, the last day's church is experiencing this? Revelation chapter number 3. And verse number 15 deals with the Laodicean church age. In other words, the last age before the return of Christ. And I believe we're living in it right now. This is what it says. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that ye were cold or hot, so that because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, watch this, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And have need of nothing. And have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You say, what's the problem? I'll tell you the problem. We're dependent on our programs. We're dependent on our conferences. We're dependent on our ability. We're dependent on our talent. We're dependent on our children's works. I'm telling you. And we forgot that we need the anointing and the presence of a holy God. And that, listen, the programs won't do any good unless the touch of God. God is there. The Bible says, the Bible says in that first letter, in Revelation chapter number 2, he wrote a letter to the church of Ephesus. And listen, this really, this is really a springboard to where they ended up in the church in Laodicea, in the church of Ephesus. He said, man, you're working hard, you're laboring, you're not putting up with sin, and on the outside you look like a great church. On the outside you look like you got it going on. On the outside everything looks fine. He said, but I have somewhat against thee because you have left your first love. In other words, they were serving out of obligation and not adoration. They were serving because nobody else would do it and because it needed to get done, so I guess I'll just do it. He cares not only about what we do, he cares about why we do it. And this is what he said. He said, unless you remember from whence thou art fallen, repent and do thy first works, or else I will come again and remove thy candlestick out of his place. Now, this is the significance of that. If you will go in the Old Testament tabernacle, you'll find there is the Holy of Holies. I mean, where only the high priest could go in once a year, when not without blood, for the sins of the people. In that place was the Ark of the Covenant. In that place was the Shekinah glory of God. And then out here was the holy place. In that place, there were three items. There was the table of showbread. There was the altar of incense. And there was the golden candlestick. And that candlestick represented the presence of God. The people had to bring olive oil, beet every day to let that light burn because in the holy place are y'all with me in the holy place there could no natural light allowed in the holy place 
The only light that could be there was the light from the candlestick. And I believe that represents the house of God. We don't need to be working in our natural ability. We don't need to be singing in our natural talent. We don't need to be preaching or teaching with our natural strength. But we need the anointing of God. We need the presence of the Holy Ghost. You say, preacher, what's happened? There are so many churches all over America today that have no idea God's nowhere within a hundred miles of them because they've gotten so used to operating without the presence of God. They've got so used to operating without the power of God. They don't even realize that he's not there. But I'm telling you what, oh, how desperately we need the power of God. They are so independent. But he said, if my people will humble themselves, if they will just realize how desperately they need me, how desperately they need my presence, how desperately they need my power, oh, that God's people people would humble themselves today humility recognizing oh God I can't do this without you oh God this is not going to get done without you oh God that'll make us pray it'll make us pray more than we practice how desperately we need we've gotten to the point we've got money in the bank we've got clothes on our back we got a roof over our head. We don't need God. I'll tell you what. God will bring us to our knees. To the point we realize. Oh we need God. We need God. If my people which are called by my name. If they will humble themselves. And. Pray. Pray. They'll just pray. This is not difficult. Prayer is simple. Prayer is attitude. Say that with me. Prayer is, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing deep. Nothing. It's just asking. Watch what the Bible says. How many of y'all believe? How many of y'all believe the Bible when it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? How many of y'all believe, uh, 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 for in my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It's there, I promise you. John 14. How many of y'all believe that one? Well, the same Bible that says that stuff, and we depend on that, don't we? I'm looking for my home in heaven. Y'all can have a cabin on the hill or whatever y'all want with that song. I, I want my mansion, Amen. And I'm dependent on that. And I'm dependent on the verse that says, if I call on him and I repent, he will save me. I'm dependent on that stay out of hell. Are y'all with me? The same Bible that said that said this right here. Said this right here. Matthew 7, 7. Ask. And it shall be given you. Seek. And you shall find. Knock. And it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that you don't even need a Bible. It's up here. Everyone that receiveth, and he that findeth, and to him that it shall be open to him. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? This is Jesus talking. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that? It can't be that simple. That's that James 4, 2. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have. 
and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you want revival? Ask for it. You got a need? Ask for it. You got an issue? Ask for it. I know you're waiting for that. There ain't one. He said, ask. Don't you hate it when your parents, when you, you they, they did say, well, why didn't you do that when you saw You didn't ask me. Hello? Ask. What do you need? It's amazing to me how many people come so frustrated. I mean, at the end of their rope, come to my office, and, and I say, have you prayed about it? That just sounds so spiritual, and well, I knew you was going to say that. I said, then why didn't you do it? Ask. Man, I asked this morning that God show himself today. Woke up real early for some reason, earlier than normal, and, and just start asking God, Lord, let people see you today. Lord, help us, help us get ready for this meeting. Man, this week I'm going to ask every day, God, show yourself like you've never shown yourself to people before. Lord, let people in this building see you like they've never seen you before. I want it to rain. I want what them old timers call a gully washer. I want it to rain so good in here and the power of the Holy Ghost that all the Coleman here is about it. Say, Zach, so you can brag on Temple? No, because they need to hear about it. How many people are smoking crack because they don't have no hope? Going out and getting drunk and high and everything else to drown their sorrow and their pain when the whole time there's a bomb in Gilead. There is, a, there is a pain reliever that money can't buy. That's why I want it to rain. And I'm going to ask. Whether you ask or not, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask for you. I'm going to ask that you don't have no appetite because you didn't ask. How many of y'all know when preachers get rolling, they say stuff sometimes that when I was in when I when I was in South Carolina, this lady wanted me to pray for her husband. So I prayed for her husband. He was lost, and I was praying, and I was seeking God. Now we we just at the altar praying. Now, oh God, I said, don't let him sleep, Jesus. Oh God, don't let him have no appetite. Don't let don't let food taste good to him. She come back to me white as a ghost. She said, three four days he can't sleep, he can't eat. I said, really? <laughs> Whoa, amen. Ask. Be careful what you ask for. I want you to ask. Every day, ask. It's not so complicated. You can ask him going down the road. You can ask him at work. You can Listen, that's why it says pray without ceasing. I pray all the time. I pray more with my eyes open than I do with them shut. I'm praying all the time. On lawnmower yesterday, I was praying away. Say amen.
ask if my people would just realize how much they need me and humble themselves. And if they will or just ask. Now see, for years, for years, I put these two together when they're not together. They're two separate things. He said, if they will pray and, and, and ask for my blessings, my hand, my favor, what they need, and then seek my face. Oh, this is so sweet. Seek my face. In prayer, we seek his hand. But in intimate relationship, we seek his face. There was no character in the Bible like King David. King David had issues. God knows he had issues. He had women problems. Women got him in trouble. He had areas of his life that was out of control that he should have had more discipline in, and it got him in trouble. And but do you know the Bible says about David that he accomplished all the will of God for his life? And there was something about David that the Bible says about him, and, and this is what it says. David was a man after God's own Do you know what they say about your face? Your face is a reflection of your soul. Your face is a mirror of your heart. In other words, what's on your heart will be revealed in your face. If you are happy and joyful, it will be revealed in your face. If you have sorrow in your heart, it will be reflected in your face. If you want to know somebody's heart, just focus on their face. And God is saying, I want you to know me. I want you to know my heart. I don't want you to just want me for what I can do for you. I want you to want me for who I am. Are y'all with me? The Bible says, the Bible says in, 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 in Psalms 42, 1, this is what it says about David. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. And when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? He says it this way in Psalm 63. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I want to see your power and your glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. He said in another place, he said, uh, uh, This one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. David is saying this, God, I want you. David said, I want to know you. I want to love you. I want an intimate relationship with you. And there's too many surface Christians that only want help. They only want a handout. They only want God to pay their bills. They only want God to, to heal their sickness. They only want God to solve their problems. But I'm telling you this, God is not a sugar daddy. He wants more out of you than 
He wants you to know Him for who He is. He wants you to know His heart. He wants you to know His mind. And I'm telling you, we need to move beyond the immature way of just asking for a handout and saying, God, let me know you. Let me know you. Listen, Paul said that I might know Him in the fellowship of His sufferings and the power of His resurrection. I want to know Him. To know him. Listen, God does want us to ask for any need. Even not just needs. God wants you to come to him with your desires. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of your heart. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, I would like to have. God, I would like to enjoy a. But if that's all we do. And we never come to him and say, God, I want to know what you're thinking. God, I want to know what makes you happy. God, I want to know what grieves your spirit. I want to, I want to know you. I want to know you. Then all we do is abuse our relationship with him. Can y'all see the difference between seeking his face and just asking? And it's amazing, too. The route to his face is through his feet. Nobody knew the Lord Jesus Christ like Mary. And everywhere in the, in the, in the Gospels you find Mary was at the feet of Jesus. She was at his feet worshiping. She was at his feet weeping. She was at his feet, listen, needing to hear from him. And you know what? The only one that understood Calvary was Mary. Because she fell at his feet to seek his face. We'll never seek his face till first, if my people which are called by my name shall. Say it with me. Shall. Humble themselves until they recognize how desperately they need him. Until they ask. You're never going to get anything that you don't ask for. That's pretty good. You're never going to get anything you don't ask for. <laughs> I'll say that one again. Amen. Seek my face. Do you want to know him? If he didn't give you anything, would you still want to know him? You know what You know what the devil asked about Job? Well, Job served God for naught. In other words, if you didn't do anything for him, if you didn't protect him, would he still serve you? And he did, by the way. And then this is the last. This is self-explanatory but probably the most critical and the one you're going to buck up at. They will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and we like that one, don't we? And turn from their wicked way. Then will I hear from them. There's something I've learned about dieting. 
Well, several things. First one, I don't like it. Amen. But it's more than just exercising. It's more than just exercising. I saw a dude on the treadmill that was a lot bigger than me. I'm talking about a lot bigger than me. He was on there before I got there, and he was on there after I left. Wide open. I thought, dear Lord. I thought, man, he ought to look like a Kenyan running. Say amen. There's no way. And then one of the one of the workout guys in there that hadn't, he, son, I tell you what, ripped is not the word. I'm talking about he had ripples everywhere. I said, I want to look like you. He said, well, then you're going to have to eat like me. <laughs> he started talking about egg whites and oatmeal. And I said, you lost me with the egg whites right there, man. You got to work out, but you got to eat right. This stuff goes together. My point being is this. You can pray all you want to pray. But if you don't get stuff out of your life that don't need to be there, ain't no rain coming. Because there's a lot of people praying, but they're not repenting. They keep doing what they know they're not supposed to do. They got stuff in their life they need to repent of. They need to get right. They need to get out of their life. They've got bitterness. They're harboring, they're harboring anger. They're harboring grudges. And as long as you got that stuff in there, you can pray till the cows come home. And it ain't raining. Turn. I don't have to preach that. Just Everybody knows what we need to do. Well, how do I know what to get out? If you do this other three, you'll know. Because the closer you get to God... Have, have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed the windshield looks clean at night till somebody else comes the other way and shines a light in it? Like, dear Lord, what you know? I tell you what, you humble yourself and you start asking God and you start seeking God's face, and the closer you get to Him, you're going to realize how dirty you really were. Well, that's terrible. Why would I want to do that? So you can get clean. Can't really get clean with the, in the dark. You got to turn the light on. Amen? The closer I get to God, the more stuff bothers me. And, and, and it'll be that way. But I tell you what, I want the rain. So this week, as, I, as I'm examining myself, and it'll start t tomorrow Tomorrow's devotion is examining ourselves. God, is there anything? But I don't want to start tomorrow. I want to start today. I want the rain. And I want you to have the rain. Have y'all noticed we didn't do invite cards? Y'all didn't even notice that, did you? Did you notice we didn't put the big billboard out and advertise our revival? Now, I don't care if other people come. And I hope you do invite people to come. But this isn't for everybody else. This is for us. This is for Temple. Now, I, I, I pray other people come. And, and don't, don't leave here and say, oh, you don't want nobody else to come. That ain't what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is I hope you don't think everybody else is going to come and you stay home. We went through great effort. 
to get all this stuff done in time so you could take this on this week and let's plow the ground. So please, if you leave here and you don't have one of these in your possession, you're going to have heartburn all week. You know how I know that? Because I asked God to. Mess with me. How many of y'all are ready for the rain? Listen, let's prepare for it. Every head bowed and every eye.